Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Women Wired for Wellness podcast presented by Holistic Icon. I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalam. This podcast was created to fulfill my obsession for the understanding of why we struggle with symptoms, the science behind them, and the reason why most women suffer for years before they seek solutions for their troubling symptoms. I'm also very passionate about teaching both my patients and people who come in contact with us as it helps me empower myself and them with knowledge. What kind of knowledge are we talking about? The knowledge that our health is probably the one asset we all can control. This control begins with knowing all that has been known about it. It is not simply about knowing a disease and considering medications as the only option, because that might be the only option when you are nearing death. But to truly live a fulfilling life, we need to know how to tap into our innate nature to heal and all the possible qualities, including developing grit, passion, and consistency. If this podcast has helped you or opened your eyes to a different path, please take time to leave a positive review. And if you felt we fell short somehow, would you let us know how to improve it? Now, without any further delay, let's get on with today's podcast. So this podcast, as a series of the Women Wide for Wellness, we are choosing topics that we commonly see in our practice. Fatigue is one of the commonest complaints people come to us with, but those who have been exposed to the holistic medical world or functional medicine come and tell us that they have adrenal fatigue and they have been supporting their adrenals, but they still don't feel well. What I'm trying to do with these podcasts is really help people understand that nothing in your body actually fatigues. When you have a stressful life, when things don't go well, your body responds in a way to protect you. For instance, your blood pressure goes high, we call it hypertension and we take medications for it. But when the blood pressure goes high, it's because at that point in time, your body wants your pressure to be high to help with circulation. When your sugars go high, we call it diabetes, but that's not a disease, it's a symptom. So diabetes is merely a symptom of your body wanting more energy because it seems to be malnourished for some reason. Similarly, when you have fatigue, and we specifically call it adrenal fatigue because some for some reason you saw a holistic doctor and they did your cortisol and they find the cortisol was a flat line or it was too high or too low. It just tells you that your adrenals are responding to a stressful event in your life. If it gets stimulated, it's high. If it's asked to stay quiet, it is low. Sometimes stress can make it stay quiet and therefore disrupt the signals it's supposed to receive. And instead of staying high, it actually stays low. That's when you have a lot of symptoms that make you feel sick. So you, what you really want to understand is the body never goes wrong. It tries to respond to what is going wrong in your life. And a lot of times just trying to address the issues within your blood work or your symptoms is never a solution. 
it's a patchwork, but it's not the solution. So hopefully you'll learn a lot in this podcast. And as always, if you should have any questions, please reach out to us. And don't forget to go to iTunes, download this podcast, give us a review because that will really help us. Once again, without any further delay, here's your podcast. Is adrenal fatigue a farce or a fact? This is Dr. Chalam and Marina from Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi, our holistic icon, uh, here for our afternoon podcast, Wednesday Afternoon Live podcast. And our topic today is going to be about a common, um, I would say, common diagnosis people come to me with. Uh, probably it's a buzzword in the holistic and functional medical Mm -hmm. Um, community uh, adrenal fatigue and they come and tell me that they've been diagnosed with adrenal fatigue and as a a traditional doctor this has been one of my um, issues and it would have been also my resistance initially when before I got trained in functional medicine to understand what adrenal fatigue is I know about adrenal insufficiency which means your adrenal glands actually stop working and therefore you have symptoms but when you look in the functional medical world one of the things about functional medicine is we try to make it simple because it's very logical for people to understand what functional medicine is Um, however uh, when we start using certain buzzwords like adrenal fatigue or um, what are the other things that uh, we use in functional medicine which probably are not technically right but have some kind of um and nothing comes to my mind anything right to do with fatigue <laughs> any way to diagnose fatigue and use right. other words right or leaky gut is the other one yeah right? that's a big one. it's a big one so what food about sensitivity these? yeah yeah food and uh, uh, sensitivities and all of those things so we're going to go dissect into remember one thing about our practice is we'd like to understand the science behind a lot of these diagnoses so we're going to dissect into what adrenal fatigue actually means does the adrenal do the adrenal glands actually fatigue or is there something else that's going on so let's start off with what the adrenals are i think we should begin there mm-hmm. so adrenals are actually endocrine glands which um, the way we depict them in diagrams is they sit above the kidneys like a triangular shape. They have two parts to it. Uh, uh, The inner part is called medulla and the outer part is called the cortex. Um, So uh, the reason I get into this is many people don't understand where the adrenals are. In fact, recently when I spoke to a patient of ours, uh, I told her, you know, you, you look like you have a lot of cortisol overdrive and she said what is cortisol so I'm going to start with the basics so people get have and you know we want to get it in context so let's begin by when do the adrenals become important in terms in physiology and in pathology what is the commonest reason we fall sick it's usually stress Mm -hmm. right but stress is something so difficult to define because Think about it. If you have two kids walking down and a dog comes in, one child has no fear of dogs and is like has a dog at home, really loves it. It's going to go down Mm -hmm. and he or she is going to go down and pet the dog. The other one is mortified when it sees a dog. Both of them have a certain degree of stress. One has eustress, the happy stress. The other one has distress. Yeah. So that's why it's difficult to define what stress is. And similarly, like a, a roller coaster ride, right? One person will be completely enjoying putting their hands out 
and the other is going to be like completely modified and just like when wait when the ride would be You're over puking on everybody else <laughs> right right and they're screaming actually screaming out for help yeah. <laughs> rather than out of joy so that's why stress is something very difficult to define but what happens is whenever there's a stressful event the very first part that happens is your nervous system picks up that's the sympathetic overdrive mm-hmm. like um for instance like you are uh, go, uh, you're distracted you're driving and suddenly somebody in front of you breaks and you're almost going to hit them then you veer off to the side and you avert it what happens your heart is racing and you feel like shaky for a few minutes that is an immediate nervous system response that's a sympathetic overdrive so normally when you're stressed first it's your brain um subjecting you to that increased uh, sympathetic overdrive now the next part what happens is let's say you continue to stay stressed for instance um you get yelled by your boss for something and now you feel your job is at stake and uh he or she gives you 2 weeks to get the project completed there is a chronic stress that gets involved mm-hmm. so at the time of the encounter you have the sympathetic overdrive the next few weeks what happens is the delayed response for stress comes in that is what comes from the adrenal glands that yeah. is the cortisol so right absolutely and so what really happens when you have stress your pupils will dilate and because it allows more your lens actually flattens because you start getting in more of the information you become alert mm-hmm. we always talk about it you're being chased by a tiger or a lion and then your heart rate goes up because you're trying to increase the volume of blood your lungs expand you get in more oxygen Uh, your kidneys will retain a lot of salt and water increasing your blood volume therefore getting it to flow better uh, your um, stomach doesn't digest food very well so you don't feel like eating most of the times when you're acutely stressed you really don't feel like eating this despite people telling us i'm a stress eater we'll get into that yeah. too right yeah and then the what happens is the pancreas which produces insulin gets shut out and it says no insulin because when does insulin come what's the job of insulin is to reduce your blood sugar right now in stress the body's response for all of this is making you alert and getting energy and the immediate source of energy is glucose and what cortisol does is it raises your glucose so now you have glucose increase volume blood volume increase so glucose goes up blood pressure goes up you don't digest your food well but then if you're one of those that goes into that habit of i got to eat you know i'm not hungry but i got to eat you're going to mm-hmm. gain weight and then uh, your insulin actually goes um it supposedly goes down in the initial phases now the problem is you stress like this every day what does the body do instead of just putting you through that it's going to go into let me um go over let me make sure i yeah there's one more important part is that your liver does not it, uh, does not hold on to the glycogen so it puts out glycogen so two three different ways why your glucose goes up mm-hmm. nothing is taking it in and everything is putting it out so what really happens is um the next stage is if the adrenals are continuously told hey we're in a stress mode where does that information go first to the brain so the brain is the hypothalamus and it produces what is called crh the corticotropin releasing hormone 
and it goes to the pituitary and say, hey, we need cortisol out here because we're stressed. And ACTH, the adrenocorticotropic hormone, comes down, goes to the adrenals and says, we need the cortisol. So that is a pathway when you have stress because the brain is getting that information, we're stressed. It's getting the information that either I have a viral infection or I'm physically, mentally, emotionally stressed, whatever it may be. The adrenal starts putting out the cortisol, making all these changes in your body to help you deal with the stress. Making you more alert. More alert, more energetic to finish whatever, you know, overcome the stress. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem with most of us is, can it be the adrenals are stressed not simply by an emotional problem? Could we be stressed on a day-to-day basis because of emotional and chemical issues where you're eating the wrong thing, you have a lot of inflammation, you're constantly stressed, creates more inflammation, a lot of disruption. In that instance, what really happens is, A few things. Number one, when your cortisol goes up, we spoke about how it kind of increases your glucose. And very surprisingly, it actually increases your appetite because the body is saying we need energy. So it somehow shifts and starts increasing your appetite. You're not digesting food very well. You have a lot of glucose already floating. Now your appetite is increased. So you can see where the stress can actually increase your appetite and the reason for the stress eating. I wonder if it even most more like sugary food eating, like hard. Well, I was just going to come oh, to that. <laughs> so there are two hormones that the cortex of the adrenal, the outer side produces. One is called glucocorticoid. As it says, the gluco means it's got glucose. The other is called mineralocorticoid. The word mineralocorticoid is it deals with your minerals. And we're talking about sodium and potassium. So every time you're stressed, you're retaining the sodium and water and getting rid of potassium. So there's a lot of salt craving that comes in. So whenever patients come to me and say, I just love chips, I want to have something crunchy and salty, I know they have a chronic underlying stress. It's for them to connect with their stress. I don't feel stressed, but their life is stressful. And that's the problem with that. So you have the uh, glucocorticoid, the mineralocorticoid. The other thing about the cortisol, it goes to the brain and it affects certain aspects of the brain. The frontal part of your brain is your personality. It's the ability for you to make decisions. And that area gets affected in such a way you're not able to make great decisions. And your personality begins to change when you're chronically stressed. You're a little more short. You're a little little kind of uh, difficult to get along well with. And usually you're not that kind of a person. Mm -hmm. The other area is what we call the limbic system. The limbic system is the primitive system that responds to stress. It has like the amygdala and hippocampus and really the hippocampus is uh, connected to memory. Your memory gets affected, Mm -hmm. short-term memory. You may have, you're almost like an Alzheimer's patient Mm -hmm. now where the short-term, you can't remember what you did a few minutes ago. You can't remember where you put your keys. You're getting annoyed because your frontal Cortex is affected because of the high cortisol. So not only does your brain get affected, we spoke about the cravings. The other thing what the body does is because it's stressed and it wants glucose, it takes just about everything in your food and converts it to glucose. It's called gluconeogenesis. 
So it takes amino acids. When it takes away protein and amino acids, what happens? Your muscle mass goes down. So your muscles actually become softer as you uh, kind of get chronically stressed. The other thing it does also, it starts eating into your fat. Now, that would be good news for most people, but here's the problem. It eats into what is called the peripheral fat, your limbs. Your legs and your hands become thin, but your visceral fat, which is really in the abdominal organs, they get surrounded by fat. They actually increase. So those of us who say, you know, I've always, I've kind of lost weight, but I'm gaining in my uh, abdominal, yeah, abdominal girth. That's probably you're chronically stressed because the fat cells are accumulating there. Now, the problem with the fat cells accumulating there, those fat cells act like an endocrine organ. Mm-hmm. It's not simply um, like they, they're not giving you um, like heat, like we call it thermogenesis. That's the brown adipose tissue, which the bears have. That's why they are able to hibernate through winter. We get what is called the white adipose tissue or WAC. And WAC acts, uh, acts as an endocrine gland that produces leptin. It also produces a lot of inflammatory, mm-hmm. um, what do you call, um, uh, I would say, like, um, chemicals yeah. more than uh, um, hormones. Maybe it's just chemicals that come out and really cause a lot of inflammation. So this is the more of these white fat cells that you have in your midsection. It's not just, oh, you know, I'm getting weight yeah. belly, but they're actually talking to each other and changing their hormonal balance and talking to your brain. And actually aging you very fast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They actually age you. And there was another thing also, your bone formation also goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only your fat cells from the periphery go down, so you have the thin arms and legs, but the big abdominal, you know, the body gets bigger. And then you have, uh, of course, the muscle mass going down and your bone is going down. The immune system gets affected. Mm-hmm. So the immune system, just to just simplify the whole thing, two parts of the immune system, one that protects you from infection allergies and everything else, and the other that protects you from um, the uh, tumor cells from forming. So you'll find that uh, the one that protects you from allergies goes up. In other words, you become hypersensitive. So you start having hives, urticaria, a more uh, allergic like nasal congestion. You're suddenly allergic to stuff that you were not before. And the tumor uh, cells not being able to detect those, that's a dangerous thing. That's when if you are having all this glucose floating around, then you're eating poorly, you put yourself at a risk for um, cancer formation. So that's Mm -hmm. the other thing that goes on. And I think pretty much the um, other part, oh yeah, very important is though your sugar goes up, you would think the insulin will come up now because that's the cue for insulin, right? But actually there's a degree of insulin resistance that comes with cortisol being high. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, in the initial phases, though it protects you, the response of the adrenals in the long-term um, uh, uh, what do you call trajectory, you're actually getting so much of cortisol that parts of your body are breaking down and there are other parts that actually uh, cause more inflammation that's growing, right? Yes. I mean, really our adrenal glands are meant for that sort of like fight or flight situation, like running from a tiger or something right. and not this like chronic fast pace we live in new york city junk right right i know and then that's the problem like when you don't realize we're not in connection with that it can be a problem the other thing that also happens is very important why do you gain weight besides the visceral fat the 
cortisol actually goes and decreases the TSH. It affects the pituitary, uh, which produces the TSH. Remember, it's the thyroid stimulating hormone. And thyroid stimulating hormone does two things gets the T4, which is your thyroid hormone, and the conversion from T4 to T3, which is the active thyroid. All of that gets affected. And that's why you have symptoms of hypothyroidism, but when you get your blood test done, everything is normal. Yeah. Right? We have high stress, high blood pressure now, we're gaining weight in our midsection, bone density is going down. Yep. What did I miss? Digestion sucks. <laughs> yeah, digestion sucks. Thyroid's all messed up. Your so, immune system is messed up. Right. So now you have hypersensitivity to things you should not have. You have, you're not breaking down your food. You're not metabolizing. Everything is going towards feeding the body more glucose because the stress is coming from outside. Now, just to um, go into a little more detail of why people with a lot of adrenal, so we call it adrenal dysfunction. Actually, the adrenals are functioning. Mm-hmm. They're just functioning to a dysfunctional situation there's no like negative feedback yeah i mean it is good responding to an appropriate feedback you got stress the job of the adrenal glands is to respond to the stress unless you change the stress the response from the adrenal glands are not going to change but the problem with functional medicine or holistic medical practice and a lot of them will say i got to support the adrenals the adrenals don't need support the stress needs to support the stress needs to be managed the adrenals will support themselves um, I, I would hate to say that maybe you have to give, but without managing the stress, so just seeing a doctor for that one appointment and getting your blood test done and getting diagnosed with what we call adrenal fatigue and then get put on ashwagandha and licorice root and all of that mm-hmm. is not the right approach. That is one part of the complete approach. Okay. You really have to address the stressor. And I can tell you guys, there's not a single human being we've met that don't, doesn't have stress. Mm-hmm. We all try to deal with it differently, but if you can find a way to manage with the stress, and every stress, every problem has a solution. Sometimes it may not be visible to you. You may need to have a coaching, uh, a coach or a mentor or somebody who you trust to help you see the situation. But unless you address that, just supporting the adrenal glands is not the solution. That's what I want to uh, get out of this. This. The other thing that cortisol does, which I forgot to mention, is there's another neurotransmitter called substance B. I mean, not a great name, <laughs> but it's called substance B because it's a polypeptide, it's a protein. And what happens is this substance B actually goes up and causes nausea and pain. So a lot of people will say they wake up in the morning, they're very nauseous. Mm-hmm. That means there's a lot of stress going on in their life. And they have this chronic pain, almost like a fibromyalgia kind of pain. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what happens is when you have this chronic pain, particularly when you're highly inflamed, this is the other extreme. Like now I was explaining how the cortisol goes up when the stimulus is there. Let's say you created a lot of inflammation because you're not eating properly, you're not sleeping well, um, or you're eating the wrong things because your appetite is um, increased and you crave the sugar, you crave the salty foods you create a lot of inflammation. The inflammatory markers like tumor necrosis factor, interleukin-6, these are all various names people um, know of, that actually connects to the receptor where the cortisol will come back as a negative feedback loop. So if there's a lot of cortisol, it comes back and connects to the, uh, the ACTH comes and says, you know what, stop producing cortisol. That negative feedback loop gets 
uh, distorted by inflammation because these inflammatory neurotransmitters connect to the adrenals. Now the ACTH, which comes from the pituitary saying, oh, we have enough cortisol, cut it out, that connection is gone. Mm -hmm. So it's the hypothalamic pituitary axis gets disrupted by the inflammation. Yeah. So at that point, what does the adrenal do? It actually stops producing cortisol. This is when you go to a functional medical doctor, you say, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm so fatigued, I don't feel like exercising. When I exercise, I hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. In fact, I feel really dizzy. My blood pressure is all over the place. It's high and low. That's the point at which you get diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. Because you, when you do your cortisol test, your cortisol is a flat line or very low in the morning. It doesn't mean your adrenals have fatigued. It just means the adrenals are getting a signal not to produce any more cortisol. But the signal is actually dampened by the inflammation, mm -hmm. right? Because they are taking the place of where the ACTH, which comes from the pituitary, would connect. Now the adrenals don't put out cortisol. It's not like they... So the, our goal should not be to uh, force it to produce cortisol. Our goal is to see what is that inflammatory marker that's uh, disrupting the signal. How do we address that? May, sometimes we just start with diet. Sometimes we start with just stress. The problem I want everybody to understand, nothing in our life, in our symptoms is a magic bullet, right? We look for that silver bullet. Oh, this happens. I got to get this um, shot added. I would take the adrenal glandulars or I don't know what else people buy, but they do buy a lot of adrenal support and I will have to support my adrenals. No, you got to support you. Yep. We always talk about the five pillars of health, right? We talk mm -hmm. about nutrition. We talk about uh, your fitness. We talk about your sleep. We talk about your hormone balance. You got to address all of them together. I wish it would be just, hey, just take these supplements and you're going to be fine. Your adrenals will be fine. So um, let me, um, uh, the other part of it, uh, let me also explain something else that happens. So you're very fatigued, but you can't sleep. That's another common complaint. Mm -hmm. Why does that happen? Because when your cortisol goes up, your melatonin goes down. So the cortisol and melatonin, cortisol starts high in the morning, goes down at night, and then starts early in the morning rising up again to wake you up, right? Mm -hmm. Melatonin is flat throughout the day and at night it goes up. When you have the cortisol disruption because you have all these inflammatory markers, your cortisol doesn't go up because it's not getting the right signals from the brain. So you have a flat line. The melatonin gets disrupted. So you may be very fatigued, but when you lay in bed, you're like wide awake. And that's because there's not enough melatonin and there's a little too much cortisol. Mm -hmm. So all of those, instead of trying to get something to go to sleep and something to support your adrenals, address all the things that are impacting the disruption between the glands uh, or, or the hormones and what is disrupting that uh, signaling between the brain and your adrenals. So a lot of people come to us say, you know, um, how, again, this is a very big controversy. How do I diagnose somebody with adrenal fatigue? Mm -hmm. And uh, do we do a blood test? Do we do a saliva test? Do we do urinary tests? If you, it all depends on which practitioner you talk to. If you look at a traditional medical practitioner, they will not even um, 
identify adrenal fatigue. You're fatigued, you're fatigued if you're basic CBC and comprehensive metabolic profile, which is basically your liver tests and sodium and potassium is normal, you don't have a problem, but you're still fatigued. Ideally, I would say if you really want to be diagnosed with the true cause of fatigue, you should see an integrative doctor or a functional medical doctor because that's what they're trained. And I always tell this to people. Functional medical doctors and integrative doctors have specialized training. They should be considered as consultants. Just like I always say, you go to a cardiologist for your heart issues or your uh, orthopedist or your gastroenterologist or immunologist for your specific condition when it gets too severe. Similarly, you go to an integrative doctor when you want a different approach to a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do in our practice is we do salivary cortisol. I'm not saying that's the best, but I find it gives me most of the answers. I have done actually blood and saliva in the past, and they do correlate very well. Um, but remember, blood is not so great because the cortisol is usually bound to a protein and it just goes and works where it has to work. So you may not get an accurate reading, so we do salivary cortisol. A lot of insurances cover salivary cortisol yeah. depending on which lab you send it to. Um, and then we do sometimes urine 24-hour cortisol metabolites, uh, trying to make sure. And I think it's more relevant when we are trying to get people better and see, hey, is your adrenal, are they recovering? That means have we reduced your inflammation and is your adrenal um, uh, uh, gland actually picking up? Now, a quick way for you to see whether you uh, have adrenal fatigue is you could do this at home. Um, stand in a really absolutely dark room. When you are in a dark room, your pupils will dilate because remember it lets more uh, light in and your lens will flatten. Then shine a flashlight. You've got to stand next to a mirror for this. Your pupils should constrict immediately when there is, and they should stay constricted as long as you're shining the light. Mm -hmm. If you find that the pupils start dancing, mm -hmm. uh, dilating, constricting, you have an adrenal problem. The other is a little more advanced would be blood pressure. Your blood pressure sitting and standing keeps going. Yeah, if it goes low when you're standing, you may be having an, and you don't, you know you're well hydrated, you may have an imbalance of the mineral or corticoid. So I think there are different ways to check this, but I, again, I don't want to get into the details of uh, blood, uh, testing because this is something that you should work with a practitioner and not try to, you know, get all of this on your own. You could actually go to the, I think Dutch labs will allow you to do it. It's about $450 and you can go and get it done and you can consult with their doctor. But again, you're seeing this in isolation. The adrenals are a part of your body. They are a part of your life. You got to assess anything and everything um, in its context not out of context. You cannot take the adrenal separately out. You cannot take your insulin resistance separately out. We just educate you, but every time I hope by bringing in where, how you have to uh, interweave it with your life because um, unless, like I said, your adrenals have been destroyed because you've been using chronically steroids, like you've been an asthmatic as a child or you had colitis or you have lots of arthritis and you've been taking prednisone for a long time the adrenals have to get destroyed or stop working for some reason, that's when you have adrenal insufficiency. That's a serious medical condition that needs to be treated with a replacement. But most of the times what we all struggle with is poor signaling of the adrenal gland, which leads to a uh, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis um, dysregulation.
it's a dysregulated because of uh, a physiological response, not a pathology. Mm-hmm. It's a physiological response to a pathological state. I always say the dysfunction is the life. The uh, function of the adrenals is appropriate for your life. And um, so really addressing it in a very systematic way, uh, like we always do, is how it should be approached. And I know people say, you know, the, the biggest challenge, and this is really reaching out to women, most women struggle with this issue for almost 15, 20 years. A lot of time they say, um, I can't afford to go to Buddha, right? And then, but you're affording supplements on your own. Uh, you're buying these adrenal support stuff. You're spending anywhere from 100 to $300 a month in supplements and half of it don't work after some time because that's not the solution. The solution is how can you fix this whole inflammatory process in your body by addressing the root cause of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in our program, we've had people who come through our program who actually quit their jobs. Sometimes (laughs) they quit their relationships. Not that I say that, you know, I've said this before. That's not our intent, but people need to find out. It's like a lot of times we live in a situation because we think we don't have another option. And what I want you to understand is when somebody else who's not involved in the situation is actually looking at it they can see an option that you're unable to see that's what our life coach does and she really is able to make them look at and and many of our clients have said that sitting down with Kim in what I have spent 25 years (laughs) in therapy she she got it resolved in one hour it's just fascinating it's just having the right person sit and make it look at you and actually look for a solution which you haven't been able to see because you're so close to the tree and you don't see the forest. So I think that's probably the best approach. I always say the reason we have a disease or dysfunction is a multi-pronged insult and the way we approach it is a multi-pronged solution. Um, so I think that's pretty much summarizes and I know people want to know what should I, should I be taking any supplements. Here's what I would say. First, always handle your stress. Depending on whether you have a decreased, increased cortisol or decreased cortisol, the treatment is different. So when you have fatigue, you really have to get your cortisol measured. Your cortisol might be high at night, but you may overall have a high cortisol. So the approach is different that way. Or when you have a flatline cortisol where the total cortisol, I think in the four-point testing should be around 39 We've had people who are 99 and we have people who are like 20 or even seven all over the board. board. And when we actually have to take it in um, and we do another hormone called DHEA, which tells me if it is low, it tells me that a lot of your cholesterol is going to be become cortisol and not your sex hormones, not your Mm -hmm. estradiol, testosterone or, um, you know, uh, the other um, basically the sex hormones. So everything gets bypassed it's called pregnenolone steel because everything gets stolen and made into cortisol because only a certain amount gets produced in the day so i think those are the things that have a need evaluation so here's my uh it's like a public service announcement don't buy supplements till you have seen a integrative medical doctor or functional medical doctor or had your uh, testing done and actually the evaluation of your stressors i really feel like overall our clients, they don't need that much supplements. Yeah. And they get 
because we know exactly what they need to do systemically. So, and I think the other important part, and I've said this before, when you say, "Oh, I got my adrenal fatigue um, fixed," what it means to resolve, whether it be reversal of diabetes, reversal of adrenal fatigue, it means when you're off the supplements, do you still feel great? Mm-hmm. If you're off the supplements, if you say, oh, I was taking my phosphatidylserine and my licorice, but the minute I stop, I feel fatigued, so I need to take them, you haven't fixed the problem. Mm-hmm. You're like, now you're flying a dead horse, right? Because the adrenals are saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm told not to work, but you're trying to make me work. So don't do, I mean, this is the kind of stuff people do. They spend so much of time, decades feeling ill, money on supplements. Supplements is one tool in the solution. Always address the stressor, address the inflammation, whatever it may be, whether it be nutrition, whether it be um, hormonal imbalance for whatever other reasons, toxins or whatever it may be. And then in the process of addressing these, take the supplements to give you immediate symptomatic relief. But at the end of the journey, you should be off most of your supplements. Mm -hmm. Supplements is not the solution for anything. It's a tool in the solution, right? Yeah. So do you, I I know we've, it's been a long time since we've spoken about nutrition or helping with adrenal fatigue. What do you have? Um, well, so one thing you can do nutritionally is actually adding leafy greens mm-hmm. every day. So about three to four servings a day of leafy greens, which is half a cup cooked. And you always want to cook your leafy greens. Um, so they have a lot of calcium, vitamin C, B vitamins, and magnesium to help support your adrenals. Still, you do need that support as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is in terms of, you know, changing around some of those lifestyle habits too that are causing the inflammation. Um so having leafy greens, steam them to absorb the calcium as well. Right. Um, three right. to four servings a day. Magnesium and potassium is actually very important for the adrenals. Remember the mineral corticoid, when that goes high, it's absorbing sodium. But when it takes something, it has to give something. And what it gives out, that pees out, potassium. So you need also potassium-rich foods. So a lot of the fruits and vegetables, like we always talk about, is very, very important. And um, oh, hard to heal Marina. So hopefully, I think the, the key things like we, just to summarize, adrenal fatigue is a buzzword, or buzzwords, I should mm-hmm. say. It is actually your adrenals kind of stop working because there's so much of inflammation and they're asked to stop working. So they're not necessarily um, uh, failing but they are asked to stop working. Your job should be to find out why there is inflammation, what is the stressor, and then in the process of doing that uh, workup and addressing all of those stressors, you can support it, I'm so sorry, uh, support it with uh, the supplements. And these supplements actually at that time will just support you through the process of recovery and after the process of recovery, the true supportive adrenal glands comes when you stop the supplements and you still feel great. Did I summarize that well enough? So once again, thank you so much for all of you who joined us. And remember to support us on Nisha Chalam MD, which is our Facebook page. And, you know, I have to plug all these things in. <laughs> um, and our, uh, look out for our new website, holisticicon.com. I'm going to upload a lot of videos which are educational 
Don't forget to um, download our podcast on iTunes. Share it with other people. Make sure you like it and write a review. Really, nobody has written a review except for one of our colleagues. (laughs) So if you would please write a review, it'll help us improve our podcast. I'm sure we can do more. I would love to have clips and other things, but unless you support us, it's very, very difficult for us to keep coming out with um, a lot of this, um, uh, what do you call information. So that's the other thing. And if uh, join our uh, programs on Eventbrite, so much of free information. I don't think anybody out there who's following us can say there are not enough doctors who can actually help us. They just give us pills. We actually truly try to help. We are coming up with um, more educational and treatment programs, which will be affordable in a group setting. So look out for those. Um, so. Follow us on Eventbrite, Facebook. I, I will start uh, the Twitter account. I, ha- I just haven't done yet. Yeah, I know. I know we have to start doing that. And um, Instagram, I think Marina posts, yeah. posts at least once a week. So any support that you give us, we appreciate it. And once again, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And the podcast will be uh, on iTunes probably next week. Thank you. Alrighty then. If you've listened to this podcast fully, I would like to hope you have gained some new knowledge, a different way of thinking, and have benefited from it. If so, would you please do me a favor and share this with your family and friends? I do, however, want to mention that nothing that is stated in this podcast or written in the show notes should be construed as medical advice. We would like you as an individual to seek your medical advice from your specific provider. Our goal has all along been to dig into some existing truths, try and make it simple, so we all have a better understanding of our options out there to live fulfilling lives. It may be also prudent for me to mention the obvious here that no doctor-patient relationship was ever formed. In closing, I am grateful that you joined us and please do not forget to leave a review or share this info. Signing off till next time, I'm your host, Dr. Nisha Chalam.